Welcome to the Your Life Rocks podcast, where we believe life balance is possible. Yes, even for you. This show is designed to help working moms focus on the things that matter most in life and helping you balance all that life has for you with practical tips from one working mom to another. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, and I am so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. We just finished last week our seven-week series for the summer where we were talking all about how you can create more balance in your life. I hope that you go and you check it out, that you sign up for all the free bonus content by going to yourliferocks.com. But today, we are kicking off a new format for the show. I'm so excited. It is still going to continue to be all about helping you create more balance in your life as a working Christian mom. But we are going to be diving into topics a little bit deeper because I really want you to get the very most from this podcast possible. So every month we are going to be focusing in on a different theme and having different guests come on to share different aspects of that theme so that you can get different angles, different points of view, and different ways that you can apply the same kind of information to your life. So this month, we are talking all about communication. You know, communication is one of those things that really it's in every part of our life. Every one of the eight areas that we talk about, communication is in your faith, it's in your marriage, it's in parenting, career, finances, health, home, and your friends and fun. It's in everything that we do. Now, today I am joined by a very special guest, and we are really just going on the top level. At least that was the intention, to stay on the top level of this topic, but we got deep. And you guys, there are some really, really helpful things, so I hope that you have your notebook handy before we dive in so that you can really get the most out of everything that our guest has to share. Now, before we get into the interview, I have to say, when we're talking about life balance, we're always focusing in on those three pillars. If you're new to the show, our pillars are Jesus first. When you have Jesus in your life, then balance just is a whole lot easier. (laughs) Number two is community. And number three is following systems that allow balance to actually happen in your life. We can't just wish for balance to happen. Sometimes we have to put in a little bit of effort. So with those three pillars in mind, I wanted to start the show by bringing in a Bible verse that really speaks to the interview that we have for you today. And it is James 1.19, and it reads, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. You know, when I invited our guest to come on the show today, I asked her to share with us some tips on how we can better express ourselves and also some tips on how we can become better listeners. And very, very quickly, and you'll hear it in the interview, but I was taken aback when I asked her, what are some of the ways that we can better express ourselves? And you know what they were? To listen to the other people and see how we can serve them. To be quick to hear and slow to speak. That is how we can best express ourselves. Now, and there's a lot more to it, and I'm excited for you to hear in the interview, But I just think that so much of the time, we're looking for these big answers, and it's never really that complicated. I know some of the most beautiful things that are shared within our Facebook community are insights that happened while you were out on a walk or out on a run or driving to work where you felt like God just really spoke into your life and showed you something so simple, yet so tender and so beautiful. And so as we start to approach this whole topic of communication In the upcoming weeks, we're going to be talking about how you can become a better communicator in your marriage, a better communicator 
in the workplace, and it's going to get a lot more detailed as we dive into those detailed areas of our life. But today, today is all about setting that foundation, and I think that this Bible verse just so clearly states exactly where we all need to be as we're approaching communication in our lives. Now, speaking of community, that is our second pillar, and I would love to see you in our Facebook group. It's a free community to belong to. All you have to do is search for us in Facebook, or you can go over to yourliferocks.com and click on the community button. Now, if you're listening to this after August 20th, then you should be downloading our Life Balance app. You can listen to all of the podcasts there. You have free courses and resources right at your fingertips, including a hot little link straight into our community from the app. So you can find it in your app store, search Life Balance by Your Life Rocks, and there you go. Now you have it on your phone. Now you can really start making some traction towards all of your goals and creating more balance in your life. Now today on the show, I am joined by Dr. Janet Berkey. She's a professional clinical counselor who is licensed in both New Mexico and Texas, and she's also a coach. Additionally, Janet is a full-time professor where she teaches communication courses. Janet and her husband, John, have been married for more than 34 years and are the parents of two married children and a German shepherd. I love German shepherds. But she does say hers does lack both manners and boundaries. And I have a Wheaton Terrier, and she's exactly the same. I loved learning from Janet in this conversation, and I know you will too. So let's just jump right in. Janet, welcome to Your Life Rocks. I am so beyond excited to have you here to share with all of us. Now, the audience already heard a little bit about your impressive background, but tell us a little bit more about who you are. Well, thank you, Jenny. I am super excited to be here with you. I am a therapist and a life coach, and I also teach on the university level. So I deal with folks anywhere from little people on up to um, people my age and older, and I'm in my 50s. So have a wide range of experience there and deal with a lot of relational and communication things in working with other people. Awesome. I love it. And do you work in like the Christian faith into your practice? Is that something that's kind of part of what you do? Or is it just kind of under the, under the water part of what you do? That depends on the client whatever they are expecting or whatever they would like to experience within their session, that's what they do, or that's what I do in the session and what I offer them. But at the same time, I am a person of faith. I have a relationship with God. So that is ever present for me. Beautiful. I love it. And the reason why I brought that up is because I know that that's something that's so important for our audience is that when we're bringing them information, and this is going to be such a dynamic conversation all about communication but that they understand that it's coming from someone with biblical understanding, someone that understands how it all fits together within God's will. So I'm, I just wanted to put that out there that anyone sure. listening understands that you are really presenting this information through that scope. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. All right. So you have a lot that you have going on in your life and, and married and kids and all of those things. So talk to us a little bit about what life balance means to you. Oh, wow. I'm not sure some days, maybe even most days, <laughs> there really is such a thing. As, oh, no. Of course <laughs> there is. Of course there is. As complete balance. But for me, it is always paying attention to the priorities that I have in my life and to constantly look at those things. As you and your listeners know, 
it is a balancing act to keep things in balance and to realize where am I out of whack? Where do I need to pull back? Where do I need to advance? Who do I need to pull in closer to me to have conversations and communicate well with and those kinds of things. So yeah, you know, realizing when we're working way too hard and haven't spent time in self-care with for ourselves and with the people that we love, it's really time to begin doing that and putting things back in balance. Yes, absolutely. And there's two things that, that we always say here is that one, balance is possible. Well, actually, there's three things. Balance is possible because all things are possible through God. Number two is you can define balance however you want. Absolutely. <laughs> Someone else's <laughs> definition of balance. So as long as you're believing yeah. it's possible and you define it, then absolutely go for it. And I've already lost the third one. So, but you know, one of the things that you had said in that piece, when you were talking about what balance means to you is that you mentioned the word communication. And I think so many times when we feel stressed out or out of balance, that oftentimes it can relate to a communication breakdown with someone, whether it's our own expressing our needs or, or something that we need to communicate or clear up with someone else that's kind of creating a roadblock for us. And so I, that's why I'm so excited to be learning from you today, just in general on how we can communicate better, because it is one of those topics that really impacts every part of our life, doesn't it? Absolutely, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I know one of the things that you really talk about in your practice is that anyone can learn to communicate well. And I have certainly known people who are excellent communicators in my life. And I know people who are not excellent communicators in my life. And even for myself, I know that there are some days I feel like I'm better at communication and some days I feel like it all just kind of breaks apart. So how can we be better with communicating and what's that process look like as we want to get better in our communication? Yeah, well, it does begin with learning or understanding that anyone can learn to communicate well, but it begins with the desire to communicate well. And unfortunately, in our world that we have communication coming at us all the time, we often don't stop to think about what makes positive communication, what is negative or hurtful communication, and one of the rules or, or one of the things that I teach is that I always teach we cannot not communicate. So we are always communicating, no matter what we're doing, how we're acting, what we're saying, how we're behaving, that kind of thing. And so in order to begin, we talked about having the desire to learn to communicate well. It's also taking the time to invest in learning the skills of listening knowing when and how to speak, and being aware really of who the other person is that you're actually communicating with. Mm, that last one was so big, so big. But before we dive into the other person, because I, I'm a huge believer in taking personal responsibility, and I think sometimes when it comes to communication, it's way too easy to look at the other person and say, they're the problem. They're yes. just not getting me. They're, they're <laughs> dense. They're not listening. They're, they're whatever. But let's first talk about how we can take personal accountability. And I love that you said it's really a choice. It's a, a decision to want to be better in our own communication. So first, give us some tips on ways that we can better express ourselves. Because I think that sometimes that's where it starts is we feel like the other person's not getting us. But if we're not being clear with the words that are coming out of our mouth, then how are they ever supposed to get what we're talking about? Absolutely. And it would be so fun and so easy to be able to blame everyone else. Wouldn't, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Everything would be so yeah. much. I don't know if it'd be easier because then we would never actually yeah. 
grow, we would always just be mad. Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, one of the important things is that we learn or we decide what kind of a relationship we want. Do we want a so-so relationship? Do we want a good relationship? And are we willing to invest in that? Sometimes a relationship that you have is not one that you really do want to invest a lot of time into. So it is important also to recognize those and to put your time into the relationships that you feel are important, that you feel that God has for you. And that goes right back to the principles of your closer relationship with God, involving yourself and other people, and even making those life systems and balance work for you. You know, looking at that and and learning how we can handle task relationships and using general communication processes that we all ought to use, no matter what the relationship is, those kinds of processes such as kindness and politeness, listening, and that kind of thing. And then when we begin thinking about listening, we don't just want to listen. We want to be a willing, interested, and engaged listener. So adding those subtext items of yes and mm -hmm, right, tell me more about that. That encourages the other person who's trying to communicate with us to share more of their heart and to share more of their life. And that's really important. Mm, you know, one of the things that I think is so interesting is when I asked you that question, I was really expecting like what to say. And yet the things that you said, for one, you said them like they were just, everyone should know how to be kind and to listen. And that's not always the case. <laughs> but the thing that I think is so interesting, and I think that this is such a big key, is that you went right to listening, right to supporting, right to really being there to hear what the other person is saying versus concentrating first on what we're saying and how we're expressing, but really almost being able to read the situation or perceive what's going on in the situation against your own desires to then figure out like, what is it that you're supposed to say? Absolutely. And that segues so perfectly. I could not have set it up better myself to talk about the concept of bids, learning to recognize and accept bids for mothers. Now, bids are, are not something that we only think about with an auction, but a bid may be someone telling you a joke. It may be simply saying, well, I wonder what that new restaurant is like downtown. And then they're offering you an opportunity to enter into that relationship more with them. And so your answer to another person's bids may be laughing at a joke or adding colorful details to a story. It could be paying attention to your partner or someone else asking you for forgiveness or to be let off the hook for something. And this goes back to our responsibility and our accountability as a person, whether that's a partner in our marriage relationship or a friendship, a parent, a coworker, is listening to what they need, even when the need is not spoken. Mm, and that's so difficult. Sometimes I wish people would just be able yes. to speak their needs. And even for me, you know, when I was first thinking about this question, I was thinking, you know, sometimes when I get so stressed out, I am not always great at communicating what I need. And I wish that someone else could just read my mind. On what yeah, I need. Right, sometimes right. I don't even know what I need, you know, when, when I get stressed out. But I love the idea of really, again, turning it on its head and just walking through your life thinking, how can I figure out what it is the person over there needs and how I can serve them? 
Yeah, absolutely. And this answering of the bids in the relationship, it shows that we're a willing participant in the relationship and that um, it's such a communication basic that demonstrates we're willing to do exactly that, be a participant. And the original research on bids was conducted by one of the premier relationship researchers, John Gottman, and the original research was actually done on married couples, but it can apply to all of our relationships. And what is so fascinating is that uh, several decades ago, Gottman and his researchers set up an apartment on the University of Washington campus, and they put sensors on the couples to monitor their stress and their heart rate. They installed cameras and a two-way mirror, and they just asked these couples to conduct themselves like they would in a normal weekend at home, you know, as much as you can being watched like that. Right. In reviewing those interactions of the couples, they found that the happy couples turned toward each other 20 times more than couples who were in distress, even when those other couples were just having non-conflict conversations. Now, that research got even more interesting as they studied newlyweds, because they found that those who were still married six years later turned toward each other 86% of the time while they were in this lab. They called it the love lab, which is such a fun name. Those who were divorced six years later only turned toward each other 33% of the time. Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? And I think about the ramifications that could have not only in our marriages, which is such a primary relationship, but with our children, with our coworkers, our friendships. How can we transform those by communicating the fact that I'm here, I'm interested in you, I hear you, I'm on your side, you know, those kinds of things. Just letting people know we've got their back. Mm, It's so great because as you were talking about that, I was kind of like thinking in my head about some of the people who I feel like I communicate well with and it's not so much of anything that I do, but it's the way that they respond to me. It's the bids that they give back to me that I feel like is so positive. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting the way that, that when you were talking about that, how I was just starting to think about the coworkers that I have. My husband, he's very, he, if I'm not making eye contact with him when I'm talking, it drives him crazy. He'll come over and try to like make eye contact and be face to face. Makes me feel like I'm important though, you know, and because I right. get so busy and for him to drop everything and come over it really does make me feel important. And I think right. that that has had such a huge effect on our, our marriage. But even like, you know, friends the, who check in on me or ask me questions about my day, even though I know that they're busy, but they're, they look in on me in the way that I feel like they care for me. And it's interesting because when you're talking about that, I was just visualizing them and thinking, for me, I feel like they're such great communicators. And really it's because they're investing into the relationship. Right, right. And so we can consider the bid as a request for our attention and our time. And how we answer that really does impact the relationship, whether that's positively or negatively. So it's really more of our response to what we're perceiving with them? Yes, absolutely. Interesting. Interesting. That's so great. I love that too, that it it makes it so that it feels very practical. I mean, this show is all about breaking things down to what we can do. And I feel like that there are so many different steps <laughs> and right. things that we can take action on right then and there. But if, if someone wants to think about how they can apply this whole concept of just paying attention to 
the relationships around them and how they can apply the whole concept of a bid, what would you tell them as kind of some things that they could do today? Pay attention. Pay attention to who that person is. Think about what makes that other person happy? What makes them tick? Because we can't be good communicators if we're not paying attention to our audience. And when I teach public speaking to students, I tell them, you have always got to start with your audience. Figure out who they are and what they want and need and desire from you. And so that's not just saying that we lay down and do spend our entire lives doing and serving for other people, which, you know, there's such a component of that in the Christian faith, but we're an active participant in these relationships and in communication. So paying attention to that other person and figuring out their personality, what makes them tick. And, you know, for instance, if someone were to give me a surprise party of 50 of my best friends, I would think that was the best thing ever. Let me just tell you. But to do that for my husband, that would not work well. <laughs> you know, he does not like being the center of attention. So I could plan this and in my mind have this thing built up as a great idea. And it just be like, well, yeah, that, that was nice. Thank you. <laughs> but just not his thing, you know, so paying attention to that, figuring out the best time to communicate with other people. Use I messages, not you messages, such as you never take out the trash. Think of, you know, I'd really like the trash taken out. Stating it with you, putting the onus on you, the onus of responsibility on you. And it gets your messages across without causing other people to be defensive. Mm, I love that. So taking it even a step further, I would challenge you if you're listening to this show right now to think about the five people that you interact the most with or the five people that you want to have better communication with. It could be your boss, could be your coworker, could be your pastor, could be your husband, could be a child, whatever. But think about five of those people. And then just like Janet was talking about, what do they need? And really list that out, write it in your journal and really think about that. Now, Janet, question I have for you, we've talked about just about every kind of different type of personality on this show. We've talked about Enneagrams, we've talked about colors, we've talked about discs, we've talked about spiritual giftings, all of those different things. How much of that really should we be thinking about when we're thinking about the needs of the people in our lives? Well, that could become very mechanical very quickly. And I'm a huge assessment person, so I love that kind of thing. And I, I just really eat it up myself. But very often, if we just get a basic idea of what the different personalities are like, what makes them tick, and then looking at the person we're communicating with, just thinking about how the different things in these assessments apply to that person instead of trying to make them fit the mold. So I'm all about education, but I'm also about being very practical. I think that that's good. That's really valid. One of the things with my husband is we've made it a practice to be very open with trying to learn more about each other. I mean, we've been married for 18 years, so it's yeah. been a while. We know a lot about each other, but at the same time, there's still so much to learn about other people. And so we're always very open about taking every kind of personality test we could ever think of and then whenever we see something about the other person's personality, whether it be Meyer-Briggs or Enneagram or you name it, but then we'll send like that article to the other one to say, how relevant is this to you? Because, you know, there's so many mm -hmm. articles about there, like what your personality type tells you about stress or, you know, different things like that. And so then that way we can really 
dive into all of those different things. For example, I am a nine with a one or a one with a nine. It's, I could go either way. I still right. four. And my husband is very much an eight. There's no if ands, or buts about it. But, you know, there's certain characteristics with one that I just don't identify with. And so if he, like you were saying, if you were to say, well, Jenny is a one, so therefore I'm going to treat her like a one, yeah. it probably <laughs> wouldn't go over very well. And there are some things, even though he's very much an eight, you know, if I were to just assume that that fits for him too, then I would be wrong. So it's a fun way for us to just be able to learn about each other in a very transparent way without trying to guess by saying, this is what it says about you. Would you agree with that or not agree with that? And that way it opens up a discussion. Absolutely. Making it so very personal to the person that you're trying to communicate with. Absolutely. Mm, That's really great. That's really, really great. Now, I know that you talk a lot about personalities as well, even if it's not in a form of an assessment of some different kind, but you talk about personality inventories. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, a personality inventory can really help you understand who you are. Again, not every assessment will be 100% spot on because there's always those one or two things but when we're able to take those, we can go, oh, so, so that's how this is all working together. You know, even give us some assurance that these things are founded in research. So we're not way off the bend somewhere over here. And very honestly can open our eyes to the fact not only of our strengths, but maybe some of the things that we need to work on to not necessarily turn them into strengths, but to work with and to manage. Mm, that's so good. Because sometimes we get so focused on our weaknesses, thinking that they have to become our strengths when really it's just, like you said, it's about managing them. Right, right. But not managing the other person's weaknesses, just your own. Yeah, yeah. And when we think about strengths and weaknesses, and all of us have them, so there's, there's no sense in trying to deny them or gloss over them. And in every relationship, we have strengths as either a, a couple or a friendship. And here's some more research by Gottman, and I go back to him because he's such a star in this field. He found that 69% of all relationships are unsolvable. Now, what do you think about when I make that statement? 69% of all relationship issues are unsolvable. That seems very depressing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say that's got to be wrong. (laughs) No, it is correct. And at first it does sound a little depressing because it's like, oh, great. Then what are we doing here? But I've decided to turn this on its head and realize this is good news. I'm not a relational loser because I can't solve all the relationship issues that I have, even Ah. with amazing communication. And here's the thing, we all have fundamental differences between each other in our personalities, our lifestyle needs, those kinds of things. And so we don't solve those problems. And and kind of a silly one is, my husband could probably eat Mexican or Chinese food every day of the week. I don't care for either one of those things. It does not matter how long we live I'm never going to be a lover of Mexican or Chinese food, but we manage that. And I go out with him to eat at those places, you know, every little bit, just so I can say I did that and always have a good time and enjoy it, that kind of thing. And that's just a silly thing. But truthfully, some of those issues that we do have concerns about, some of those more negative things, 
if we're not careful and we don't learn to manage those differences, they can become gridlocked, gridlocked for us. And that gridlocked conflict can eventually lead to us being emotionally disengaged with the other person. So we have this opportunity to work through things that are different and, and they don't have to become a thing. Now, if they do become a thing, I would certainly encourage folks to check out counseling for themselves and to have someone else step in and help them manage those things. But we certainly don't want to get in a gridlock and just go down a negative road that's going to take us a really long time to get back from. Yeah, you just answered my next question because I, I know for myself, there are certain relationships that I have in my life that they're just not in a good place and I don't even know how to get them back. I mean, as much as I have put in a lot of investment into my marriage, into different friendships and different other family relationships, you know, there are other relationships that are just, I feel like they're pretty far down. And so I was going to ask, like, what would, when we find ourselves in that situation where we're like, oh, I might have, might have been able to do that better if I could do it again, or I might have made some mistakes in the way that I communicated or, or made someone feel, how do we get back from that? And so really you feel like counseling is probably the best way to, to go. In many relationships, it is. Absolutely. You know, if it's a friendship or a coworker, something like this, sometimes asking them to have coffee and just admitting we've gone off track here. Something has come up and you may not even know what has happened, but ask. I've noticed that our relationship is not what it used to be. We don't work together as well as we used to be. What can we do to fix this? Mm, that's a courageous conversation to have. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but very, very often it can get you to the bottom of it. And honestly, if you can kind of get out somewhere, you know, have some coffee, make it a more relaxed environment. And, and especially if you're coming with an honest and sincere heart. And I would encourage folks before they do that, certainly to pray about that and ask God to be in their midst and to have control of their words in that conversation and Jenny, you know, as well as I do, that sometimes it doesn't matter how great our communication is, no matter how our sincere our heart is, sometimes it just doesn't fix the issue. But again, that goes back to what you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, accountability, and we are accountable for ourselves. I love that. And I think it goes right back to what you had also said at the <laughs> beginning of the conversation, which is really understanding what relationships are worth that investment to try to have some of those courageous conversations because, you know, some friendships or some family members, yes, it's probably maybe worth it to kind of go through those emotions and be strong enough to have those courageous conversations. But in other relationships, it might just, you know, you might have to just let it go. Right. Yeah. Wise words, wise words. So Janet, I love everything that you shared with us today. I feel like there's some really strong action items that you have already shared, some things that people can take away and start to apply right away to their life. But if you had to give someone advice, if someone came to you and said, I just feel like I need to take my communication to the next level. I really want to be able to serve people better. I want to be able to perform better in my job. What would be the one piece of advice that you would give them? Oh, wow. Out of all the things I know, it is hard to pick one. I have to tell you, <laughs> it is such an in-depth field and in-depth topic. But I will tell you one of the things that has worked for me when I've been in difficult situations and just not exactly sure just how to 
talk through things sometimes. I can look at someone or, or think of someone that I truly admire. I admire their walk with God. I admire how they act around people and how they interact with people and their tone and their verbiage and someone that, that I can relate to. And if I'm in a really tough situation and maybe I'm fearful or anxious, I'm just unsure, I can borrow some of those things. And I know that sounds a little bit silly, but it really does work to think, what would so-and-so do? Fill in the blank for whoever you truly admire that tends to handle things really well. And that person is probably a master of communication in the world that they need to be and to just use those things. And we can kind of borrow those things and, and put ourselves not necessarily in another place, but allow them to positively impact us because we are not islands unto ourselves. We need other people making that impact on us. So even as adults, we can look at the adults around us and allow them to positively impact us and to learn from them so that we can better serve others in the kingdom of God and better serve our families. I love that. I love, I'm in a huge proponent of mimicking the behavior that you want to see within yourself. I mean, sometimes I think we make it so difficult of wanting to, I don't want to say change ourselves, but you know, like to grow and to be better when we can just look to people who we want to be more alike and just start being more like them. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it's a lot easier. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Mm -hmm. Now, if people want to learn more about you or your practice, I know you do practice even though you're in one location, you practice everywhere, right? So where would people be able to learn more about you or get in contact with you? There are a lot of things that I can do everywhere through the amazing development of telehealth and coaching and all of those things. And they can find me at Berkey Counseling and Coaching. That's B-I-R-K-E-Y. And I'm also developing a new site with a, another counselor called the Marriage Cafe And hopefully we'll have that up soon and can get that link to you. But that is all about premarital coaching in a fun and different way. And that is also from a Christian perspective. So um, if any of your listeners are engaged and looking to have that done, we are about to be able to fix them up. Oh, that is exciting. That is wonderful. We'll have to link to everything you in our show notes page. So we'll link to your social media so that way people can stay in contact and learn more about the Marriage Cafe and then everything that you are doing within your counseling and your coaching practice as well. Thanks. Thank you so much, Jenna, for coming on and sharing so generously with us today. It was so beautiful to be able to learn from you. And I'm excited for everyone to hear this. It has been my pleasure. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, friends, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation with Dr. Janet just as much as I did, and I am so curious to hear what you took from that conversation. So hop on over to our community on Facebook and share with us, what did you get from this conversation today with Dr. Janet? Now, if you're more of an Instagram girl, I totally get it. Take a screenshot of yourself listening to this episode, put it in your story or put it in your feed and let me know your thoughts. I would certainly love to be able to hear from you. Now, if you missed the action steps from today's show, grab your notebook and list out five of the people that you are in contact with, five of the most important relationships to you or the people around you that you interact with the most. Now, these are people you want to increase your communication with, that you want to deepen your relationship with. 
and really take a practice of listening to them, paying attention to them, and figuring out what their needs are and and how you can help to serve them in those ways. Now, next week, we have a special guest coming on to talk all about communication and marriage. I know it's going to be a very impactful episode for all of us, myself included, so I'm really excited for us to share that time together next week. And can I offer a suggestion? If you have a friend or maybe someone that you work with or a family member who they're not really into podcasts, they've never really listened to podcasts, invite them to download the Life Balance by Your Life Rocks app. Not only does it have our entire catalog of past podcast episodes, so they don't have to try to figure out any kind of technology of downloading and searching and trying to find podcasts, but they can listen right there from the app. It also includes our free weekly success planning course and some planning tools to make it super duper easy. I mean, I'm telling you, Sunday prep has never been easier than with the tools included in that app. And if you're ready to take balance to a whole new level, then you can sign up for the Life Balance program inside the app. It's a 20-week program that will walk you through the process of setting new habits, focusing on time management, and really all of those systems of putting God first, being in your community, and creating more balance in your life. All of that is inside the Life Balance by Your Life Rocks app. You can find it in any of the app stores on your phone. I hope that you check it out. And until next week, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.